Hey everyone, welcome back to Real and Redeemed. My name is James. Today you guys are stuck with just me. I am flying solo as Kristen will not be joining us in this podcast, but I'm very excited about this podcast. It's my first time ever recording by myself, which is kind of crazy, but I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to be doing a Bible study with you guys about the story of David and Goliath. I think most of us who have you know, been in church for any amount of time, we know the story. It's a very popular story. Um, but I just wanted to read through the entire story of that and share things that God has opened my eyes to, my heart to, in ways that he has spoken to me through this passage of scripture. And, um, you know, hopefully he opens my eyes and heart to something new in this and he opens your guys' eyes and heart to something in this as well. And that this just really blesses you guys. This is actually my first time recording since Chris and I moved to Oklahoma, which is very awesome, very exciting. A lot of life changes that have gone on. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, but just very blessed to be on this journey. And if you guys do not follow our YouTube platforms, uh, we just announced last week that we are kind of making a transition with our podcasting and YouTube to where we're going to once a week post a YouTube video on our YouTube channel and then uh, doing that on top of our podcasting. However, our podcasts, we are going to be switching to doing seasons of 10 episodes and then just kind of taking a break between each season and then starting the next season up at that point. So we have, after this podcast, two more episodes on this season of Real and Redeemed, and then we'll take a little break, and then we'll be right back at you guys with season two. So we're very excited about these transitions that we're making, and hope that you guys are excited about it as well. If you are someone who has only listened to our podcast and you have interest in still following along with us a bit more, um, feel free to go check us out on YouTube at James and Kristen. We would love to have you guys along with us on that journey or go check out either of our uh, personal YouTube channels and we can have those linked in the description of this. So just wanted to kind of throw all that out there to you guys to make sure you are aware of you know what our plans are going forward for this. But just know that our podcast is not going anywhere, even if we uh, have a slight break before our season two begins. So with all of that said, I just want to dive right into this because this passage of scripture was a bit longer than I actually remembered. I read it through it this morning and I was just like, dang, I didn't remember. It was like 50 verses long, but I think it's going to be very good. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited. So if you guys wanted to follow along with me, feel free to just open up your Bibles. We'll be in 1 Samuel 17. We're going to read the entire chapter. And yeah, I read out of the NIV Bible, just so you guys know, um, in case you're reading out of a different translation, if something of the wording is different, that would be why. And so let's dive right in. I'm just going to start from verse three of this and go from there. So what it says is the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale and armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. 
But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' word, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. I'm going to stop right there because <laughs> I've just, I thought about this as I was reading through it. And I'm like, could you imagine being the Israelites in this? Where this big old giant of a man, a man of war from his young age, comes out and he is just intimidating. You know, that presence that he would carry being over nine feet tall, that's just insane. I think if, you know, all of us were being completely honest with ourselves, we probably could relate to the Israelites in a lot of ways in this instance where the enemy coming against you, hurling insults and threats against you. Fear is a natural reaction and fear is a natural response that we can have towards this. And that is where I think it's so important that us as believers, when we are having the enemy attack against us, to remind ourselves who we are, because the Israelites, they're the people of God. They're the children of God. And you and me, as followers of Christ, we are his children. We are his people. And so we, as people of God, know that God is the one fighting for us. So no matter what insults or threats or anything the enemy is bringing against us or throwing against us or saying against us that through the power of God we can have victory over him but we have to remember who we are through him because the Israelites in this moment they weren't thinking about who they were they were just thinking about how big he was but they weren't thinking about how big their God was because yeah the enemies can come against yeah the enemy can come and attack and he can hurl insults and he can look so big so mean so crazy that we were like, how could I ever defeat him? How could I ever make it through this attack coming from the enemy? How the heck? This this situation is so big. This situation is so hard. There's no way. It looks totally impossible. All things are possible with God. And we, as the people of God, have to remember that who we are and who fights for us and know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper in Jesus' name. Now, I'm just going to continue on from there in verse 12. Now, David was the son of the Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was old and well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab. I forgive me for any horrible pronunciation of some of these things. As a lot of you know, there are some interesting names and names of cities and stuff in the Bible that can be weird to pronounce, but uh, yeah. Anyways, um, the third was Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. I'm going to stop right there. Could you imagine, you know, this enemy he came out 40 straight days doing the same thing just hurling insults hurling threats intimidating the people of god our enemy does the exact same thing where day after day night after night he will come against and hurl those threats hurl those insults and be like you will never overcome that pornography addiction you will never overcome that alcohol addiction you will never overcome that drug addiction you will never amount to anything you will never be able to 
um, go and pursue the God-given dreams you have in your heart. You're not good enough. You're the youngest in your family. You're the weakest in your family. You're a no one. You're this, you're that. You know, you're, this is just how it is. You're always going to be this way. The list could go on and on for different threats he can bring against us. And we need to never accept things that the enemy tries telling us the lies that he brings against us and tries putting his truth because truth is found in the word of God. And the truth is not that you are the things that you have struggled with, but you are a child of his and that you are no longer slaves to sin. And that is such amazing news. And God uses the people that it makes no sense in some situations to bring about such amazing miracles. Gideon in the Bible, you see, he was the youngest of his family and one of the weakest clans and stuff. And God's like, I'm choosing you. And he was so insecure from accepting what the enemy was saying of him where, oh, no, I'm just the weakest. I'm just this. I'm just that. But God's like, no, you're a mighty warrior. While God was telling him that while he was hiding. You see, God has a totally different word for you than what the enemy has. And if we choose to listen in to what God says about us and we find that through his word, then we will realize that that giant standing in front of us is so much smaller than what he acts like he is. Now to continue on in verse 17, it says, Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah and of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to their commander of the unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up, and set out as Jesse had directed. I think there's something to really be said there, that David was serving his father in those ways. David was serving his father as being his shepherd. And then when his dad's just like, I want you to bring this pizza, basically, over to your brothers. Not actually pizza, that's paraphrasing, of course. But I want you to bring this bread and cheese to your brothers and go see how they are. David goes and does it without question. And so he just served his father with integrity and was doing the best he could at it and with no questions asked. And I think that is something that we can glean from as we live our lives to just look for ways to serve others and serve with integrity. Now to continue on, he reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with a keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and greeted his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When I read those words earlier that David heard it, when David heard this Philistine coming out and defying the armies of the living God. When David heard these things that were plaguing their nation, when he heard the things that were making a complete army just hide in fear, when he heard that, things started to shift. Because I believe when men and women of God hear and see things that are breaking the Father's heart, and they start to move towards to see how they can make a difference in those situations, we start to see things shifting and the atmosphere changing. And that's so amazing. And we'll see as we continue on in this where that really happens. And so what verse 24 says after that was, When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. 
David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David, in this moment, is just like reminding the soldiers around him that we are the children of God. We are the people of God. And who is this to come and hurl insults against our God? Who is this to come and try defying our God? Our God is so much greater than this Philistine, and someone needs to put an end to this. Someone needs to go and stand up to this giant, go chest to chest, toe to toe with him, and take him out. To go and stand up for righteousness, to stand up for our God, and bring an end to these insults, these accusations of the enemy. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done? said David. Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. I think that it's so cool to see that David, even though he was having his brother hurl insults at him as well and say, hey, you're not worthy to be here. What do you think you're doing? Why do you think that you're good enough to go and fight that giant? Why do you think that you should be the one or you shouldn't be here? You know, you're not good enough to be in this position. So just get out of here. When David is hearing this from his brother and being dragged down and being told you're not worthy of this, David's just like, ignored it basically and then just keeps going to the other guys what will be done for the person who goes and kills this uncircumcised philistine what's going to happen for that man why will no one stand up and fight him you know david didn't get distracted by the naysayers and neither should we as we live our lives following christ that we should not be listening to the naysayers and what people are saying if they don't understand or see the potential in you to go and do something that god is calling you to do do not listen to those people, but listen to your father because his voice is the only voice that matters. Your brother coming against you and saying these things to you, that could easily drag someone down and be like, oh, I guess you're right. I'm just going to go home to dad. But David didn't let it stop him. David kept moving forward. And so to continue on in verse 32, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. And yet again, we see right here that David is being told, you can't do this. You are not good enough to do this. You're just a kid, and he is a man of war from his young age. There's no way I'm letting you go fight this guy. There's no way you're equipped enough to go fight this guy. And in a natural sense, David wasn't equipped enough. But in a supernatural sense, David had everything he already needed to take down this giant. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. I just love that part in this story that David 
in the secret place. David, while he was alone tending to the flock, while he was alone tending to his father's sheep, these aren't even his own sheep, while he was taking care of these things in the secret place, that he was a man of integrity and he was a man that went to war over the little things, that he went to war over one lost sheep to rescue it and to save it. We as believers, we need to be people who will go to war over the little things, go to war over one unwelcome thought, over one lustful thought that comes in our mind, to put an end to it right there, to go to war against that, to not allow those things to creep in. Because when we start to say, okay, you, that can come in, just just one thought, it's no big deal. It's just one time of watching porn. It's, it's no big deal. It's just one lie. It's no big deal. It's just, you know, one time getting drunk it's no big deal it's just one time i did this it's just one time i did that when we just start to allow one little thing in it's easy to just start letting another little thing in another little thing in and then before you know it you're going to lose your entire flock and david understood that he needed to go to war over the small things in his life little things in his life even if it's going and chasing down a lion or a bear just for a sheep he did it and he struck those down and he killed it and we like David, need to kill those thoughts in our minds. We need to make war against those and put them to death and live as people with integrity. Because David had such integrity out in the fields. The fields was the training ground for the moment when he would go against Goliath. The fields is what prepared him. And really, the field, his time in the fields, his time with God in the secret place, his time living in such integrity where no one would see and no one would know. I mean, it could have been so easy for him to allow one sheep to go and his dad would never know. But he knew that he couldn't do that. He knew that that one sheep will always be so important. He made war for those things. And it prepared him for the moment when he would step into where God was leading him, where God was going to wipe out a giant through him. And I know that we will stumble and fall as we walk with the Lord. And that's where we can thank God that we have the grace in the cross, the wrath-absorbing cross. But we can never be in a place of just allowing sin into our lives or making sin normal in our lives. Because that's not what we were created for. It's not what we were born for. And we have to realize that while we're in our secret place, while we're in our secret times with God, our one-on-one -on -one times with Him, or while we're just alone in our house and temptations come against us, if we wage war against anything that is unwelcome coming against us. That is a preparation for where God is taking us in the future. So I think that, you know, that's something that is very important. And so we're going to just go continue on to where everything starts to change. And what it says is, Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Something shifted when David was talking about his time with God in the secret place. Something shifted in Saul's mind where he was just like, God is with him. God is the one who's going to bring the victory through this boy, through this kid. And it's because of his time in that secret place. And so I'm going to allow him to go. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened the sword over the tunic and tried walking around because they were not because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. I think that something I just want to say real quick to that, you can't go in dressed like someone else. you got to be your own person. As we live our lives, don't be striving to look like another person. Strive to look like the person God is calling you to be. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in a pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, 
kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, rudely and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give you your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. How awesome is that response from David to the threats of the enemy? I mean, here he is, this little shepherd kid, standing up against this nine-foot-something giant. He's just like, I am going to win, but my victory is through Christ. And we need to stand, look face-to-face with those attacks, those things that the enemy has brought against us, and be like, I'm not going to win because I'm big. I'm not going to win because I'm strong. I'm not going to win because of any weapon. I'm going to win because the God, the creator of the universe, fights for me and fights with me. On to verse 48. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. David ran towards the battle. David ran straight at the enemy because you're not going to take down an enemy if you are not standing chest to chest face to face with them. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and stone without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran over and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword, drew it from the skateboard after he killed him. He cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sharaim road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. This is a great picture of what can happen when one man or one woman will stand up and face an enemy alone. Like David was willing to go at it alone. And it's important that us as believers, us as Christians, are willing to stand for truth by ourselves. Even if no one will stand with us, we will stand upon the word of God, that we will stand firm in what the word of God says. That if no one believes in us to go where God is calling us to go, that we will go there alone, knowing that we are not going alone because we have God with us. And if we have God with us, we have the majority with us. And that is all that we need. But when David did this and he went and killed the giant, suddenly in that moment, all the men around him were strengthened. All the men who had been hiding and afraid in their tents came out and pursued the same army they were hiding from. And how amazing is it when the one man, when one man was like, I'm willing to trust God. One man was willing to just have enough faith in God, to have more fear in God than fear in man. When one man was willing to take that stand, the difference it made in an entire army. When one man did that, the whole army just awakened after that. And that's so incredible. And we can see that same thing happen in our own lives. And so let's be people that will stand alone if we have to, that will stand face-to-face with an enemy alone if we have to. 
because there are people around us watching that are wanting to see if men and women really can stand in integrity, if they can really stand in the word of God, if they can really stand strong in that, if we can really see miracles happen through the power of God. And let's be those people. Let's be those people. And so in verse 54, it says, David took the Philistine's head and he brought it to Jerusalem and he put the Philistine's weapons in his own tent. <laughs> David, this kid, all of a sudden takes the head of this giant that he just took down, the head of the enemy, and he takes it all the way back to Jerusalem, showing off the severed head of the giant, the severed head of the enemy. We should do the same thing as we conquer the attacks of the enemy. You know, for myself personally, I struggled with pornography for many years. But when God set me free from that and I no longer struggled with that, that now becomes the severed head of a giant that attacked me, a severed head of a sin that was trying to entangle me, a severed head of the enemy trying to draw me away from God in that way. And now I can use that testimony of what God did in my life at that time to be an encouragement to others and to try to help bless others and help others escape that and help others sever that head of that enemy as well. We need to not be afraid of talking about what God has done in taking out these enemies. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? Abner replied, as surely as you live, king, O king, I do not know. The king said, find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul. With David still holding the Philistine's head, whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. And when people ask us, whose son are you? Whose daughter are you? When we you know, overcome different attacks of the enemy, when we overcome these different things, we can say, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. That's who I am. That's where my lineage comes from. That is where my strength comes from. That's where my courage to fight this guy came from because I'm known as a child of his. I'm known as a son or a daughter. I think that's just so amazing. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed this uh, Bible study. And if it's something that you guys like, you know, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or if you're listening to this on YouTube, comment down below in the comment section. Just let us know if this is something you'd like to hear more of, like more Bible studies or whatnot. I'd just be very curious to hear your feedback on that. But I hope that this blessed you guys, that God opened your hearts and minds to something new, and that he uses this for his glory and that his name is glorified. So yeah, I think that's about it for this podcast. But if you guys have any prayer requests, please reach out to us through Instagram or comments like I just mentioned. We'd love to pray for you and connect with you and just be there to help you guys as best we possibly can. Um, yeah, with all that said, I love you guys and I'm looking forward to talking with you next week in another podcast. Peace.